The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Thursday, the 25th of May in London. Coming up today... Spelling out concern, Fitch considers cutting America's AAA rating as a death default looms. Trussonomics returns to guilt markets. UK borrowing costs soar, leaving Sunak and Bailey with little room for manoeuvre. Pause for thought. Fed officials lean towards skipping a June rate hike. Tata for now, becoming mortgage storm, and the bank stocks, which are now meme stocks. Those are stories we're looking at in today's papers. I'm James Wilcock. Plus, NVIDIA's stock Nirvana shares in the world's most valuable chip maker skyrocket on AI processor forecasts. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Fitch says that America's AAA rating is under threat as the political standoff over the debt ceiling inches towards a crisis. The ratings agency says that it may downgrade its assessment of the United States to reflect the political impasse as the so-called X date nears. Speaking exclusively to Bloomberg, the former Dallas Fed president, Robert Kaplan, says the move is not surprising. I think what's going on with Fitch speaks to the fact that default should be off the table, but we do need a real discussion because we're going to have problems down the road if we don't get fiscal discipline. Kaplan's comments come as strategists at J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley have warned that an impasse threatens the outlook for equity markets. The increasing market unease comes as House Speaker Kevin McCarthy sought to offer reassurance over talks to raise the debt ceiling. Here's what he told reporters on Capitol Hill. I am not going to give up. We're not going to default. We're going to solve this problem. I will stay with it until we can get it done. But let's be honest about this. We have to spend less than we spent last year. Despite McCarthy's reassurances, J.P. Morgan now says there's a 25% chance the U.S. will run out of money before a deal is done. And analysts at the bank warn that those odds are worsening. UK bond yields have hit highs not seen since the depths of the trussonomics crisis last autumn. Traders are now betting a full percentage point of further interest rate hikes after April's inflation reading came in higher than expected yesterday. Speaking to us here on Daybreak Europe, Jane Foley, head of FX strategy at Rabobank, says that it's a major concern for the UK. We had, of course, the cost of borrowing, the guilt curve uh, rising back up to those levels not seen since that Liz Trust mini-budget last year. And I think that raised a lot of negative connotations. I mean, we have this position now where the Bank of England may have to hike even more in order to get inflation down. But the question is, what is that going to do to the economy? And, and this is also this, this side debate going on. Well, why is UK inflation so much higher than the Eurozone, for instance? 
Jane Foley's comments reflect that while headline CPI eased by the most in 30 years, the UK still has the highest inflation rate in the G7. Traders are now betting the Bank of England will have to continue hiking rates longer than the Fed and the ECB. UK 10-year gilt yields are up another three basis points this morning. Germany suffered a recession over the winter, according to fresh data released today. Revised GDP figures show first quarter output shrank by 0.3% in the uh, in that first quarter. That follows a 0.5% drop between October and December of last year. The contraction was driven by a deepening downturn in Germany's manufacturing sector. The data cast doubt on a rebound many had anticipated for the coming quarters. Fed officials are leaning towards pausing interest rates in June, but according to the minutes from their May meeting, the central bank's policymakers aren't yet ready to call time on hikes altogether. Fed Governor Christopher Wallace says that any pause needs to be data dependent. I do not support stopping rate hikes unless we get clear evidence that inflation is moving down towards our 2% objective. But whether we should hike or skip at the June meeting will depend on how the data come in over the next three weeks. Waller's hawkish tone comes after Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that policymakers could afford to watch the data and the evolving outlook before making a decision. Officials have already raised rates by five percentage points in the past 14 months as they look to curb inflation. Shares in the US microprocessing giant NVIDIA have jumped in late trading, soaring by as much as 29%. This after booming demand for AI processors increased its sales forecast well beyond Wall Street expectations. With more, here's Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. NVIDIA is the world's most valuable chip maker. It said sales in the three months ending in July will be about $11 billion. That shattered an average analyst estimate of $7.18 billion. The outlook suggests that NVIDIA is benefiting even more from the AI frenzy than thought. The company has positioned itself as the top provider of components for training artificial intelligence software, and that has helped it weather a broader slowdown in technology spending. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So some of our top stories uh, on the programme this morning. Caroline, we do like to talk about food this time. Yes. And I would like to point to the latest edition in the broader context of the inflation story in the UK uh, of the Bloomberg Breakfast Index. Oh, hitting... It's not going to be good though, is no, it? No, of course it's not. Um, the Breakfast Index hitting a new high. Oh. So the price of ingredients to make an English breakfast has risen to nearly 36 pounds. This is part of the food inflation story we've been talking about. I always have to point out that it's not just one person's English breakfast costing £36. It's a whole basket of the stuff Exactly. I think you'd need to be cooking for about eight people to be able to use all the ingredients (laughs) I am often cooking for eight people. And uh, (laughs) And I I like an English breakfast. So that is pretty pretty grim then. Eggs, the biggest uh, increase in price of the ingredients. So per Mm. dozen up nearly 40% um, year (gasps) on year. It's shocking. And again, it's all around the kind of uniqueness of the UK. How much of this is to do with Brexit barriers? And not, I mean, there is, you know, that uh, Bloomberg yeah. has some research in and, and shows that that is uh, you know, part of the picture, at least. And as, as we heard from Jane, Rab- Jane Foley from Rabobank earlier as well, UK vulnerable to further food price yes. shocks as well. The likes of things like drought in Spain could have a much bigger impact uh, here than necessarily in other parts of the country. You tempted me with a conversation about food, but it actually <laughs> ended up being really, being really grim and about... I tricked you. Yes, OK. Lovely. Thank you so much uh, for that. Let's turn our attention then to the wrangling over the debt ceiling in the US now. Uh, it means that credit rating agencies are looking warily at the United States. There's been a warning from Fitch as it moved the US to rating watch negative. Let's get more from Bloomberg's Mark 
markets reporter Valerie Titel. We've been talking to you all morning about this uh, issue, how important um, the verdict from Fitch is, whether there could be more to come from rating agencies. Any further developments this morning? Well, I think the fun thing to note is that even if we get a resolution this week, let's say, there is still a likelihood of a downgrade. Mm. If we look at what happened back in 2011, S&P didn't actually downgrade the U.S. until after the debt ceiling resolution, but just claiming the instability over the Treasury's ability to pay uh, to pay its bills was enough for it to, to warrant a drop from AAA down to AA+. So that was what happened in 2011. It could happen again uh, uh, this year. I, I uh, note the broad definition of use of the word fun there, Valerie, when <laughs> describing that. Uh, what's been the market reaction to this move so far? Uh, look, the most notable thing yesterday was the jitteriness we're seeing happening in the T-bill market. Uh, yesterday, the June 6th maturity topped 7.2%. Which is just, it's just insane when you think about the rest of the curve is trading around where Fed funds is, so around 5%, that this kind of premium is being put on these T-bills. But uh, you know, the, the, the other worrying thing about that was two days ago, it was the June 15th T-bill everyone was worried about. Now it's the June 6th T-bill. Let's see if uh, any more political wrangling gets that moved up to the June 1st T-bill. I'm sure that's not what, uh, what the market wants to see. And uh, there was some notes out from the street. Uh, the one that caught my eye was JP Morgan mm-hmm. saying there's now a 25% chance and rising that they're going to miss this X date on the 1st of June. Yeah. Um, so then on the watch for what other ratings agencies say, I suppose, Fitch perhaps first? So Fitch was the first one to put them on negative watch. Um, S&P has them stable. Moody has their outlook stable as well. But what we do know about ratings agencies is they tend to follow each other. So we could get another ratings agency putting them uh, on a negative watch. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily find that surprising. It's you know, rating rating agencies normally um, are a few weeks behind the curve. If we look at what they did around First Republic, they didn't downgrade First Republic until a few weeks into the crisis. So, um, but it has a bit more implications when it comes to treasuries because uh, clients or any funds out there holding treasuries as a safe asset. Once uh, it gets downgraded, uh, there are some uh, technicalities to which they maybe have to uh, reweight their portfolio so that the you know, maybe the average rating is, is still AAA. So mm-hmm. it does get into some messy details, but I think I think we're a bit far away from that. Um, it, I, I wouldn't necessarily see a big move out of Treasuries on a downgrade. It'll probably be very similar to 2011, where uh, the U.S. got downgraded and there was still a phenomenal rally into Treasuries just because... It's risk off safe paper still. What should we be deducing from where the spi- where in those T bills the spike is happening in terms of yields? Is this the market saying where they feel the the potential X date is? Well, it's where money markets are feeling where the potential X date is. Um, money markets uh, or money market funds don't necessarily have a maturity target or a duration target, as we'd call it. So they can really pick and choose what kind of T-bill that they want to put their money in. And as we know, there's a ton of T-bills. Uh, if you look at what the front end of the curve, I mean, there's one maturing almost every week. So, you know, it's really at their discretion which ones they want to hold. And, you know, why would they hold one that matures uh, June 6th or June 1st? 
first when they could, you know, maybe extend out the curve and buy one in July at a at a lower yield, but yes. a, but a safer instrument. So it's more of a reflection of where the money market sees the worry. But it's been very interesting to watch to see this kind of angst building. And these yields have been ticking higher and higher over the week. You know, that seven point two mm-hmm. yesterday uh, was a record, should we say, for this uh, for this debt ceiling angst. Um, yeah, we actually heard uh, from a money market uh, manager at PIMCO saying that these T-bill yields could reach 10 percent, which when he said that, we all rolled our eyes thinking that's crazy. But hey, I mean, we're at seven. We're not far from it now. <laughs> Valerie, thank you so much for being with us. Bloomberg's markets reporter Valerie Titel. Yes, on some, uh, well, some eyebrow raising moves in markets. Up next, Tata for now, the coming mortgage storm and our bank stocks now meme stocks. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The Paper Review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's James Wilcock joins us this morning for more. Great to have you with us. The Financial Times, firstly, are writing about Rishi Sunak meeting a major UK investor. The investor's got some demands, though. Exactly. So the chair of Tartan's group, Caroline, is coming to the UK next week. That was first reported by the BBC. Now, we don't just follow every sort of chair of companies around the UK, even though we are Bloomberg. Uh, but Natarajan Chandrasekharan uh, is a big deal because Rishi Sunak has wanted for a very long time to boost the UK economy, to pivot the economy to sort of more industrial green focus kind of in manufacturing and there is a big gigafactory making EVs up for grabs the big rivals of Spain now like you said that catch the Indian group originally asked for about 500 million pounds in total financial support for the UK now the FT are writing that there is an energy subsidy on the cars for the factory. It's hard to calculate the cost of that but it is astronomically high in the region that they have asked for yeah. and it does tie back to Brexit, I have to say, because the cost for the UK for energy is higher than on mainland Europe. So one of the e- ways of luring them in and building in sort of this big sort of manufacturing base in the UK may be to create more money. Um, 
It's worth adding, though, as well as that, that the House is also trying to extract promises for Tata Steel uh, in Port Albert, which is also on the table of another £300 million. So we are looking at a nearly billion pound cost. Mm. Now, you compare that to, say, the US Inflation Reduction Act, and you're starting to see that even though Rishi Sunak calls this an unfair subsidy race that the UK won't be dragged into, he may be being dragged in whether he likes it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And also, this story has played out over months in terms of, you know, the carrot offered to government of, you know, more jobs and more building and so on, but, you know, what the government would be prepared to put uh, into it. I think this is a real kind of debate about how the government deals with, with industry. And this is an industry member that Thatcher built up, you know, that mm. will kind of... Uh, initiated in some sense the growth of car building. Indeed. Well, James, let's go to the Times next. Concerned about yesterday's inflation figures and what it means for mortgages. Yes, and they write up comments from the boss of Barclays, C.S. Venkatakrishnan, who says that Two decades ago, and for the most part, until recent history, if you're refinancing a mortgage as an average citizen of the UK, you're about 20% of your income is going onto that. The wave of refinancing coming now will jump it up to 30% of your income. So not just as everything costs more in the shops, you have less money to go onto it. Uh, I mean, Neil Cannon and Bloomberg's real estate supremo says that more than a million homeowners will see their mortgages come up for refinancing this year. And so this is going to feed through to the economy from both sides, both goods and mortgages. Uh, Caroline, I did go and do the data. You always like when I bring you some numbers. Uh, December 2021, your average five-year fixed-term mortgage, 2.64%. The cheapest you can get now, the cheapest versus the average, is 4.03% from first direct. And it is only going to be climbing higher off the back of those inflation figures yesterday. Yeah, gosh, I think the kind of long tail of the cost of living, we called it a crisis, but actually I think it's a longer duration issue potentially. Uh, anyway, the last story is also quite um, fascinating. So Wall Street Journal focusing in on retail investors uh, and GameStop investors have perhaps found a new target or it's a similar theme? Yes. So, um, there is always going to be volatility in markets. That's, just, in some ways, what markets are. It's almost definitional. But what the Wall Street Journal have spotted out and done some research into is the incredibly volatile swings in US regional banks are at least in part being driven at the extreme ends by Reddit investors, the very same group of people who were driving the GameStop phenomenon over a year ago. And they profile uh, Daniel Betancourt, who's a 30-year-old pub owner in California who runs a Discord, who's been putting in options on PacWest, one of the regional banks struggling there. And when you're seeing these volatile swings of 20% or more a week, either both negative and positive, uh, they are talking about how he has this discord saying he came to kill banks is a real quote that he put in there. And a lot of the bank executives are now saying, wait, but GameStop were a video game company. It's okay if they face kind of irrational volatility, whereas we run bricks and mortar economy. I, I dare say they may have been given a bit of a taste of their own medicine. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hold up. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.